there we go. I hit the thing. I was mm. trying to hit the thing, and I wasn't hitting the thing. Uh, all right. <laughs> Story of my life, huh? Julie. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, well, welcome to Sauced in Austin, a Podlander drunk cast podcast. I had a bit, but who needs it? <laughs> um, Janine is cracking his own shit up. Um, oh, God, that I'm was so a ha- spectacular cell phone. Good morning. Um, I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. That's not true. <laughs> um, so, uh, J- Julie, what's your one word review of both Men in Kilts and The Wine Show? Um, boy, we just jumped right to that, didn't we? Just one word. Just one word. Just give if, me one word. If I may, this is going to be a deep cut for some Golden Girls fans. One word. Okay. Stinky. <laughs> oh, boy. Shots fired. Mine is... Eh, yeah. Which I guess is less of a word and more of a sound. Because I want to be clear, I, that was not meh, that was meh. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a different, that's a different thing entirely. There were parts that were great and other oh, parts I, I didn't care about. Both shows. I think uh, that this is going to be an interesting discussion because when I said, hey, we should do the series just so people stop tweeting at me, <laughs> when are you guys going to talk about Men and Kills? Um, uh, I sort of expected that this episode would be nothing but us talking about how much we want to lick Matthew Reese, which you know what? Truth. That, that remains true. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's the way he says Matthew. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of just the the fixed benefit, right? Yes. Like, there's going to be lots of other things yeah. that you hate and love, but fixed yes. benefit, lick yes. his face. Yes. And there are things right. that I really liked about both of them, but but I have sort of linked and yet opposite theories on where both of these shows went wrong mm. um, and how they can improve in the future. And for the wine show, I, I have not watched season two. Season three is about to come out. There are, there's a different, it's still Matthew good, but um, Matthew Reese was doing the Americans and couldn't do season two. So it was James Purefoy, I think. And then now it's um, Dominic. What's his face? Making out with Lily James and Dominic West. <laughs> Yeah. Dominic West. No, old note on a bush, West. Um. <laughs> Choices. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Choices. So who knows what it's going to be like in those future seasons, which I got to be honest, I'm probably not going to watch. No, um, absolutely not. Yeah. I will not. Um, but uh, there are things to admire about both of them, and I'm excited to talk about the good things and how – it all went wrong anyway, if and when it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you out there who only like it when we talk positively about the stuff we watch, <laughs> which I get, like, if you're here for us gushing about Claire and not here for us reading the Falling Mary statue, I get it. I get it. But this is probably not going to be the episode for you. At the end of it, you're going to find yourself thinking, three out of five. Yeah. (laughs) These bitter bitches. What the fuck is wrong with them? Which does not mean that there aren't things that I like about both of these. There are. And there are episodes I liked. And with the wine show, I think ultimately, spoiler, I think I actually liked almost all of it it just shouldn't have all been together it was too much it was way too much and in too many different ways and it just it made it much harder to enjoy or Um, remember or remember i think is the important thing yeah Mm -hmm. you're you're absolutely right julie with men and kilts i think the problem is 
simpler and more easy to fix. Um, and I'm hoping that if there is a season two, which my gut tells me there will be, um, but who I, knows? they have to have an already like built fan base for that show because of the Outlander connection. And yes. of course they clearly <laughs> make a big deal out of that. So I yeah. would, I would guess it will be renewed. Yeah. So, um, first of all, as a reminder, Julie and I watched all of both. Season one. Season of one of each. Obviously, there's only one season of Men in Kilts, but season one of The Wine Show. Um, Janine watched the first of both. Yes. And first was, episode. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, like the pilot of each series, and was uh, mostly just in it for the landscape photography. Yeah. Uh, so let's actually start there, because I think that is a place where we can say uniformly positive things. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, mostly because I'd really like to go to Scotland and or Italy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking A, seriously. Or like South Africa when oh, they yes. were showing those. Like, Australia. Oh, Jesus. My God. Hong so many, Kong. Like so really France. Obviously, they went to some really, really cool places. Um, and then all of the, all of the Scotland, everything always, they'd be like, we're just turning a corner and there's the most beautiful Vista you've ever seen in your entire life. It was like, it was like watching a screensaver that Sam Huon was determined to ruin. Oh my God. (laughs) But more on that later. The library is open. (laughs) Well, you know what? When you look like that, you're going to get red because you've, you're already, you're playing on a much lower difficulty setting. You're right. So like you're gonna get you're gonna get red. Um Graham, you're fine. Yeah, Graham, you stay. Shantae, you stay, stay, Graham. (laughs) Or more like, you're safe. Let that be a warning to you. Like when she hold on. The library is open. It's an it's an aural medium. This does not. But I'm hoping she you just could put glasses on. Hear me. We could put hear on my glasses. Yeah, like your um, voice immediately got more nasally because it pinched. Well, that was also because I was doing I was doing the the Paris is burning. The library is open. Voice. The library is open. open. Yeah, all the like. I think the visual. Miss Tyra, was your barbecue canceled? <laughs> your grill, grill is fucked. <laughs> It's the it's the best. It's the best. So so, so this is now an episode of uh, this is now an episode of uh, of drag race drunk cast drunk race drag cast is that what we were calling? I it? don't even remember what we called it. It yeah. was a mistake. Uh, it, there is a non-zero chance that this episode will instead devolve into just Julie and I talking about thirteen seasons of reads on RuPaul's Drag Race. Because, it could happen. Um, I don't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say this. We'll we'll go back to landscape photography because that's a place Janine can share his thoughts on reflection with some distance from the things that irked him. Mm. Um, And then let's talk about the not being able to remember thing because I think that that's a good segue into the different problems of both shows. Mm. Mm. Which again, there are things I enjoyed very much about both of them. And it's not like I would say, don't waste your time. I just think be prepared for it to be, especially if you're if you're sitting down to watch seriously and pay attention, a frustrating experience. I think wine show is probably perfect background TV. Yeah. Yes. You know what? Put that shit on PBS on a Saturday morning and hand me a stack of laundry and and an edible 
And then wine show is perfect. Listen, if you have to go back to doctor's offices and you're sitting in that waiting room because everyone's mm. not done a doctor's office, they should turn these shows on. I'd be thrilled. Specifically wine show, again. Yeah. Because you know what? Each individual wine show within the wine show is <laughs> perfect for I've got five minutes to kill. There are exactly. too many there are shows, too many shows in, the in the wine show. show. Uh, and Yeah. And there's yeah. too much of one show in Men in Kilts. Um, you know, this is like what happened with the wine show was that we want the wine show to feel like a glass of wine. Multiple notes that only people who really understand the, the drink really get. So how about we'll do an hour show of six different shows inside of this and you have to figure out which one's the best. Uh, easy Italy yeah. <laughs> yes yeah but but landscape photography part. okay the, so um so specifically well, speaking I have one that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen it was in the great. wine show and then became that I can't remember anything about it so this morning I was trying to look it up so that I could come on this fucking podcast and actually <laughs> critically talk about this thing but weirdly not only does the wine show leave our memories without a trace, but it has no trace on the internet. Their blog is useless. It doesn't have episode listings or like what happened in each episode. Trying to figure that out on Apple TV was so frustrating. I almost just, I, I walked out. I walked out of the room. I wonder if it's so if it's intentional because there is just too much going on. They were like, we can't write a summary about this. Maybe, but <laughs> maybe it's just that they didn't want oh. to spoil their greatest hits episode at the end of this. I was so mad. Julie has a punchline, anyway, though. It Julie, seems like. please, please, please. <laughs> Sorry. Out of both of these shows, out of watching them both with so much beautiful landscape photography and cinematography. Yes, granted, so gorgeous. There was one segment on the wine show that kicked all of its ass. Mm. And that was the woman with that winery in northern Italy, Allison. Yeah, in the mountains. Yeah, with the wine what? that where, where the Matthews were both like, I just want to stay here forever. It was like yes. Shangri-La. Yeah, oh. yeah. It was like you traveled to a separate bubble universe. You know... Here we go. I'm going to speak Janine's language. You know how occasionally on Star Trek, mm -hmm. they'll land on an incredibly peaceful planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The, the, it's uh, that, like, only it's real. The myth of utopia kind of idea? Yeah, it's like really very, uh, tr like, it's like the lighting got better, mm. but it was just... It, but it was just nature. Like, it was like, the, again, to go back to Drag Race, it was like all of a sudden we were on VH1. <laughs> the resolution got higher. It, it was, but it's beautiful. And the oh. the woman that they meet, who's a winemaker, is incredibly captivating to watch. I wanted to look up her name because I was profoundly affected by her and her life and her just way of being mm -hmm. in tune with her, the nature of her winery. That I just was. Got, Neil and I were literally gobsmacked after that segment we we had to stop it and like decompress and talk about it and that to me out of all episodes that we watched is the only thing i can remember but i even then i can't remember her name and i can't remember the name of the winery and mm. to me that seems like a failure yeah. on the part mm -hmm. of the wine show <laughs> yeah 
I will. I'm going to, after we're done recording, I'm going to do some digging, um, even if it means sort of skimming through the episodes again. Because um, oh, I bought I them. Couldn't Why do not? It. Yeah. No, I, couldn't I can't. Do it. I can like fast forward and shit. It's fine. I'll, ser- I'll just search through um, and I'll find out so we can put it in the comments. Because I agree. That was my favorite of all of the segments of the wine show. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my favorite segment. And it was my favorite, probably my favorite segment from Men in Kilts, too. Oh, no, mm-hmm. Well, no. It was my, <laughs> uh, it was my favorite se- segment <laughs> if you also include all of Men in Kilts. Like, yeah. If I picked one segment from both shows, it would be that one. Yes. Um, but I also have a favorite Men and Killed segment. Uh, and I'm curious, Julie, if there was a if there was a highlight for you there. In Men and Kilts? Yeah. Oh, because uh, we're gonna talk about the low light, and we have the same oh, low light. Oh yeah, we got the same low light. Um I, I, I this isn't anything about Scotland. It is I would like to raise a glass to whoever is dressing. Graham, Graham McTavish. McTavish. Ooh, Graham McTavish. His clothes, his fashion, everything from the top of that bald head all the way to his manly, manly feet is just turned out perfectly. Everything is great. And it's re- I, I don't know if it's because they knew he was going to be standing next to a quote unquote, look at my enormous ham fisted quotes around younger, more attractive man that they like amped him up or if that's just the way he dresses, because I couldn't look at, I, I, my eyes wouldn't go away. You know, I will say this and I can't take it down because it's on my wall and I'm worried he's going to follow me. But the picture that I have of us with Graham McTavish, I was just like, I wonder if he looks like that. And he's not wearing like a shirt and a fancy vest or anything, but it is an impeccably fitted immaculate gray t-shirt. Mm-hmm. After watching that first episode and I think Allison suggesting that I look up Graham McTavish to th- style icon to style, to style against that's, I think that's a lot of him. Like just looking him up, like he is just, he just dresses, he knows how to dress himself. Like he's just mm-hmm. very good at it. And whomever his stylist was on the show had someone, had the perfect canvas to work yeah, with. A great <laughs> muse because it, willing to take chances, yeah. willing to wear things that mm-hmm. uh, maybe a typical dude of his age or whatever might not, might shy away from or be intimidated by. He has no fear. But also a lot of his choices are super timeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not boring, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like every time that Tom Hanks goes out of the house, he is impeccably dressed, but it's not because he's stylish. It's because he wears things that are incredibly classic and he knows what works, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're never like Tom Hanks, hot shit, but he just wears really nice clothes. Graham McTavish has style and could probably look stylish in anything, yeah. but a lot of his choices tend to be more classic. So it's that it's all about combining them and um, proportions and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. That's I, I that is not my pick for segment because it's not a segment but no. as a piece of it yes totally as a segment from the wine show uh, sorry from Men in Kilts my favorite uh I really enjoyed the um the old loom the oh. place where they were making the tartan <laughs> the 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 wee walking yeah it's the the hot pass, Claire. You yeah. liked the hot pass segment? I did. I liked the hot piss segment because that loom was incredible. You know and what? The woman running it was also badass. Also badass. I think it's appropriate that what what the wine show and men in kilts both need is what we've also often said that 
Latter-day Outlander needs, which is more hot pests, right? Mm -hmm. Like more texture and character and history and idiosyncratic little detail, all that stuff. I, like, mm -hmm. They both need more of that. Mm -hmm. So I agree that's a great segment. But my favorite segment, um, which is going to end up, I think, being a pretty useful transition to our mutual least favorite segment, is Culloden. I was really impacted by the... I mean, first of all, the, tonally, they just approached it really perfectly. It wasn't overly precious. They weren't pretending to any sort of deeper emotion they didn't actually feel. Um, but there was a reverence and a gravity. And then particularly of all of the places where I was like, this did not need to be an Outlander thing. This could just be a Scotland thing. When they were doing the run across the field and it was just the two of them, mm -hmm. while we were able to have in our mind what that looked like on the show and then they had that I've been thinking about it a lot that really incredible overhead shot that they in, then used as a graphic to show exactly how long they had mm -hmm. to run how long that charge was and how and by emphasizing how terrifying that must have been and yet they just kept running I thought that was mm -hmm. remarkable like mm -hmm. really really well handled mm -hmm. um, in contrast <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm just glad that we've both had time to get a little less mad about it. Buckle up, Janine. I'm still mad, but I'm less mad because I've there's been some time. It just was so tone deaf or... Yeah. Uh, it was gross. So specifically, we're talking about the episode uh, that's on superstition, which had some segments I really liked. Um but, and that's true of basically every episode. There were always segments I liked. And then occasionally there'd be one where I was like, ugh, okay, fine. And then there were some that I was like, this really pisses me off. One was, and respect, if this was a performance, I take it back because it was gripping television. But when they were making Graham McTavish scale the face of that mountain, I was fucking furious. Um, so if it was acting and he's actually not that afraid of heights, then respect, he fooled me. But if Graham McDowell, I, I was livid. More livid, however, is in the Superstition episode, the segment where they talked about witchcraft and specifically the trials to prove whether or not you're a witch. Um, because it was a bit. Yeah. It was a bit. It was like, how funny. Oh, my God. We're going to look at this thing was used to hold the witch's hands directly in front of them while their face was in this blah, blah, blah. And and Graham McTavish is playing up his irritation and discomfort and pain as he's being put into these torture devices that were actually used on real people, which were used on real people who, uh, you know, died. Yeah. And... Uh. And and Sam was just yucking it up. I mean, I have first and of all the guy, the guy in charge of the place was really yucking it up too, and it was gross. Yes, and I will say above everything else, that is a producing failure because somebody the second that that was on film should have realized some woman should have realized this is going to play incredibly badly and said, we need to stop and reshoot and reset. This needs to be, we need to have some different. <laughs> we, it needs to be different. We need, we need to either approach this like it's a serious thing, which it is, or yeah. we shouldn't do it at all because yeah. it was, I mean, Janine, it was basically them shooting in a prison, which was like a windowless pit, airless cell. Um, 
It was a windowless cell, like a like a step above a, a pit, basically. It was not anywhere near as bad as the pit that Claire and Galus are thrown in on Outlander. Um, but by the way, considering how often they were like, let's pull some footage from Outlander and just shove it in here. They uh, sure didn't do that in this segment. You're right, they did not. How, I, yeah, I'm, I'm like struck with, I'm speechless because it's just like, there's like someone was having an off day and I'm just, it's how, like the amount of poor decision making that went into that on Graham McTavish's side, on Sam Hewen's side, on that guy who runs that place, on every producer, every editor, like the fact that it went through so many stages and went to air, Mm -hmm. like, Boggles it's ultimately my, a producing failure. I like can't even fathom how one like not one person at one point before that aired said, you know, or this, if they did, they were not listened to. Geez, right? Yeah, come on, how horrible! It was pretty bad. I was really, really angry about it after watching that episode, and I couldn't go back to watching Men in Kilts for like a week after that because it made me so mad. Um, after that, I just kind of was like, fine, I'll finish watching it devote yourself to learning a little bit about Scotland and looking at pretty landscapes and Graham's clothes. And then I just kind of shut my mind off because they really biffed it <laughs> hard. Well, and, and like, as you're describing the Culloden experience as well of them, like treating that with reverence and respect. And, and like it was great. Of that. Right. Like, that, that is, a, you're right, Allison earlier, like this is a good segue into the shitty part of it. Cause like, obviously they, they thought about the man's experience. <laughs> yes. They did. Fucking Christ. Yeah, it <laughs> was, it was, um, I mean, it was above everything else. Now that I've come down off Rage Mountain, I yeah. just find it bizarre. Like, I find it bizarre that it exists. Yeah. Um, from a group of people who've all been working on a television show that at least arguably is supposed to be notably shot with the female gaze. It isn't always. But it is often enough that I was really surprised um, that it even aired because it didn't have to. They didn't didn't have to. And it there they had so much footage. And there if that was the tone they were going for, if it was like we're going to do seven fun episodes and then we're going to do one serious one, then they should have done that. And they shouldn't have done superstition. Right. They should have done. Because the, the, actually the segment at the end of that episode where they were doing their own stone circle dancing, right? Where like Mrs. Hughes and the Dick Rock dancers were out there mm-hmm. doing their thing. I thought that was fine. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't reverent, but it was celebratory. Yeah, they right? were having a good time. And it, it wasn't and- judgy. Like it wasn't like um, cultural tourism. It felt like a like a celebration. It wasn't at the expense of a whole lot of pain and suffering. I will say it, f- it feels like Graham attempted to steer it in a different direction. He every always once did. In a while. He yeah. always did the entire show. And then along comes Sam. I'm sorry. I can't. That episode made me so mad that that's how I feel kind of about the whole show is fuck, fuck Sam Hewen. <laughs> I mean, that was the, that was the uh, it vibe I got off that first episode where I was like, Sam Ewan, I realize you're acting in this and reality I know television I'm, show. I'm, but... I'm not trying to be negative about it, but they really set him up as kind of a weird stooge, like bully. And it yeah. was bizarre. It was well, weird. It was yeah. because that 
cannot possibly maybe it's a gross exaggeration of their personal dynamic yeah but Sam Hewan was a relatively unknown actor when Outlander started, and Graham McTavish has been putting in the work for a long time. So there isn't an, Im- there, like, there's not a power differential thing, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not in their personal relationship. I would be shocked if the vibe is Sam Hewan is like the cool, composed one, and Graham McTavish is like, oh, yikes! Those darn kids like that doesn't (laughs) it doesn't read that way at all. And there's no reason it should. But for some reason, that's what they chose to push. And it got more and more wearying and less and less convincing. And Mm. that I think is also part of why I like the Culloden episode so much is they were just people as in the little when they were drinking their whiskey at the end of it. They were just people having a conversation. And when it when it was them just being people and not them playing a bit. I was way more into it. And hey, mm. that's also true of the wine show. Mm. So Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I'd, go ba- I'd go back to that producer con- critique, right? Especially yeah. reality television shows. Like that one time I was on the Steve Harvey show for that dating segment, like going through that process with those fucking producers and the way they were manipulating the entire situation. They have a different scope of how they approach telling well, a story. Well, and these aren't these aren't technically reality shows, right? Like these are reality documentaries. Usually, these are documentary, right? They're more, they're intended to be educational. True. But there's still that same scope, right? Like there's still the same idea of like, it's, you're going to get to see these two people and like, they're going to like, they're in outside of their actor lives, right? Yeah. They're, they're operating as hosts, but they're still being presented in that way to some extent. I think specifically for this property for men in kilts. Yeah. It is kind of like reality TV and documentary had a baby yeah. because clearly they are using the fact that they have Sam Hewen there to move copy, for lack of a better term. And they figured they were trying to find out what relationship between the two hosts was the best yeah. or the most compelling or whatever. And I think that they completely missed the mark. Yeah, I think that they tried something. They were trying to make maybe trying to make Sam look like a jokester, a funny, pranky guy, and he just ended up looking like a jerk sometimes. Well, because the problem is that Sam... This is what I realized. Sam Hewan is Andy Dwyer. So, like, you don't make Andy Dwyer the cool one. Andy (laughs) Dwyer is the lead singer of Mouse Rat. Like, that's... Sam Hewan is the lead singer of Mouse Rat. He's not... Like, he's like, ah, fell in the pit. That Sam Hewan... It's, he's not like, hey, I'm the cool guy. I'm mm-hmm. now convinced Sam Hewan both cannot and should not play James Bond. He is a giant dork trapped in a hot man's body, and they mm-hmm. keep trying to make him, like, frat dude, and really, he fell in the pit. Like, yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't it just, make any yeah, sense. It, it, it cheapened him somehow. It, yeah. it, uh, they, whatever happened here, whatever decision was made, or the producers choosing whatever footage they chose, it just like reduced him in my estimation. And I'm sure it's not his fault. You know, I'm sure I don't, I don't think that they're not friends. I don't think that Graham and Sam don't get along. I mean, stuff. they would never in a million years have, because they also oh, wrote totally. a book, right? So, like, right. They, so they love each other, right? They, very obviously. And I will say this from the impression that the the cast and crew of Outlander give on social media is that they fucking love Sam Hewan. And he is probably a delightful human. Right. Uh, but here, because the vibe they were going for it was like combative lads. Weird, like, like combative um, lads. Like um like the the head of the frat who's also Dennis the Menace. Like it doesn't 
it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't go together. Um, and it certainly didn't work with the vibe that Graham had, which Graham was making a, a pretty solid television program, like a travel program, right? Mm. Both of these shows are going for a little piece of that parts unknown energy, mm. um, which is extremely my <laughs> Good shit. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to do in the best of circumstances. But here they were both also burdened by things that they didn't need to put on it to make it work. They were just trying too much. Yeah, And we'll get to the wine show in a minute, but in the case of Men in Kilts, I think the biggest issue beyond the weird buddy comedy they were trying to sell us um, is way too much fucking Outlander. Yeah. Way too much. Way too much. No, like, just way too much. Well, like, we get it. It's Scotland. We get that it's out. If, if you've watched Outlander, you understand why we're seeing these things. Maybe once in a while, maybe in the pilot, not constantly. Well, it, because it made it feel like DVD bonus features. Exactly. Mm. And I think that's kind of what it is, frankly. Yeah. I think that it was made before all this shit went down. And then all of a sudden the shit goes down. They realize they're not going to be able to start filming the next season at a good time. So now let's just get all the people who would have watched Outlander to watch this. And so it feels a little bit like a fan service. It's it's unnecessary. Like maybe every once in a while, like every three episodes or something, if there was a little scene from Outlander that reminded us of something, like in the walking wool, in the wee yeah. walking, like if we saw the ladies, that would be fine. But we don't need three fucking Outlander flashbacks every fucking episode. <laughs> it seems, it definitely seems, from what you're describing, it seems like the producers and the makers of the show went, there's a drought. Yeah, yeah, we can and they definitely use the word Droughtlander. And what mm. they should have done <laughs> is gotten that entire crew together and got them drunk and got them talking about Jane Austen. Come da, on, yeah, yeah. Pivot, bitches. Listen, follow no would watch. We are fucking trendsetters. Follow us, Daphne. <laughs> yeah, where's Daphne? They were failed by Daphne in this. Maybe instance. Daphne got a new job. You know what? Daphne would have been pissed about that witch segment too. Yes, yeah, she would have. She would have. In contrast, the problem that I had with Wine Show is it's not that there's too much Outlander because obviously there's too much Outlander. Although I could have occasionally done with a clip of Matthew Reese and the Americans. I would not have complained. Um, like, please. Or, or put that scene from Perry Mason where he fucks so hard he gets rammed in between the wall and the bed. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good with the, whatever you want. Um, but it was too many shows. It was, as we were saying earlier, it was like there was... The Sam, or sorry, not Sam, Matt and Matt learn about wine because of the wine experts who go all over the globe and come back with wine. Then mm -hmm. there was Matt and Matt go out to Italy to fill this 12 bottle case, which is the most cohesive show. And it's a little bit contrived, but I think it's a contrivance that could have worked if it was the only thing. If it yes. was the, if the thesis of the show was, these two men want to learn about wine. They have a camaraderie. They get homework from their guru who also tells them stuff. And they go out to learn and they come back and report on their findings and a bottle gets put in the case. Great. Incredibly cohesive. A very like, very nice 30 minute show. Yes. Right? Yes. Totally. Totally. But on top of that, then there's also the chef thing and there's the gadget thing. And there are a couple of really interesting like historical segments like smuggling French resistance fighters and oak barrels. Interesting. The wine counterfeiting segment. Interesting. All of those things are interesting, but 
put them in the context of one thing. Right. Not a whole bunch of things. You could have the wine show and one of their episodes, their homework is just gadgets. Go try all of the gadgets and decide which ones are useful. Or there could have been one where it's like, we have to learn about the other things winemaker have done, winemakers have done. There's that great segment that they put in the in the way too long opening credits. Yes, they're like three minutes long. They're so long. Um, every time, they're so long. Uh, but... There, there's this line of Matthew Reese's that they kept including where he said it's about wine, wine, it's about weather, soil, grapes, and people. And that is already a thesis. Yeah. Like, like do you could even do different regions and you talk about the weather, soil, grapes, and people in each of the regions. You could do um, a weather episode, a soil episode, a grapes episode, a people episode. All kinds of ways to do almost all the things that they did yeah. and just do them better. But the big problem I think is either the wine experts travel the globe and report back on wine or the actors travel the country and report back on wine. I'm way more interested in number two than number one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it can't be both. It was too, it was way too much. I was so overwhelmed. It just lacked, it completely lacked focus, which is why we can't remember anything except that there were very specific segments, but we don't remember anything within the segments because there were so many after watching all 13 episodes. You know, it's like, it sounds like it's like going to a wine tasting and instead of just getting one little sip or like a small glass, you're like, you have to drink the entire fucking bottle. Oh no, it's not. In five minutes. And then you have to tell me what it was all in there. You set me up for, you're almost exactly right. As a person who spent a lot of time in a fancy wine shop, what it is actually like Mm. is a wine rep says they're going to come in and they're going to taste some wines to customers. And instead of bringing a Gruner Veltliner and a Riesling, they bring 17 wines. Yes. That is, you sell- Too many. And we had reps who did that. You sell none of your wines when you do that because nobody, they all blur together. They all end up kind of tasting the same and then you get a headache. And it really is like that. There were, I can think of individual segments I liked so much. But I, first of all, could never tell you what episodes they were in together. Like the <laughs> South African. That's what I tried today. And no it was idea. So frustrating. No idea. And so, and that's because there wasn't any cohesion. Like imagine if it was you. You know what? You could maybe even do the thing they did. Maybe if it was like by grape. If it was yes. Pinot Noir, we go international for one Pinot episode. Noir. We do Italian Pinot, like that one really cool Italian Pinot Noir in the rule-breaking episode. We yeah. do like, are there specific weird, like history of Pinot Noir, experts on Pinot Noir, pair a dish with Pinot Noir, then it's fine. Because you remember that it That's was about Pinot. Pino, you remember it was, it was about that one Pinot Noir. Um, I, love, I love that you, you both have come up with two better shows uh, <laughs> Allison, Allison came up with <laughs> like it was you, my my gripe that then <laughs> was cleared these, up these are both much better theses for a wine show well and that's the problem is yeah. the lack of a thesis and the problem yeah. with men in kilts is that it's the wrong thesis because the thesis should be two friends explore Scotland mm-hmm. two Scottish friends explore Scotland and instead the thesis was remember Outlander yep <laughs> And that, like, it's a really bad thesis. Also, this is a more minor complaint. And I texted Janine this. And then eventually I was like, well, no, I need to sort of eat my words. But there were not enough kilts. 
I think that's a fine. It complaint. was called Men in Kilts. Fine there complaint. were some kilts. There were some kilts, but there were too lot. many pants. Listen, at the end of that first episode, which I imagine was similar in most other episodes, they had a sit down and they drank a little bit of whiskey. Yeah? Yes. Every fucking time should have been in a kilt. Duh. That's it. Like a different kilt, a different tartan. Or you know like, what? If you show up in pants, you have to pay a fine. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Show me those legs. Damn. I just, it didn't, it's, uh, you if know. We can't, we can't see your thews, then you, you, then something that rhymes with thews is a payment. That was me not hitting the joke. That's just so You well pay out the news? No. <laughs> Janine, I need you to walk away from your microphone. Go to wherever place in your apartment you were standing when you cracked yourself up so hard at the beginning of the episode and retract your previous laugh. <laughs> it was so, go, it was so- go. <laughs> Go. Go to where you were laughing so you can retract your previous laugh. You don't deserve it. Oh, but I wanted it so much. <laughs> okay. You're forgiven. It's fine. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. But yeah, and like leading up to recording today, as I mentioned earlier, I was actively trying to go back and remind myself of things I liked and didn't like so that I could have cohesive things to say, but it just didn't work. And I... I don't know what to say other than that. It feels like both shows are the reason why I can't. Mm. And I, yes, it was beautiful. The photography is great. The costumes are, or dressing is awesome. Like, great. But at the end of the day, I don't really remember anything. And so why? You know who would never do this? Ken Burns. No. No. He right. would never. I was just thinking, I was going to make a joke about Ken Burns Scotland, and then I was like, no, I would watch the fuck out of Ken Burns Scotland. I bet it would be amazing. Or Ken Burns Whiskey, or Ken Burns Tossing a Log. Like, I would like, really... <laughs> Ken Burns Caber Toss. Ken, Ken Burns Tailoring. Any of those things I would absolutely watch. Um or I would watch Ken Burns' Two Actors Travel Scotland because there would be a focus instead of just yes. remember Outlander. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, also, I would have just watched Matthew Good and Matthew Reese get drunk in a villa. They didn't need to try that. One of them needed to try way harder. Men and Kills needed to try way harder. And the wine show needed to dial it back like seven. Yes. Just Agreed. G- just give me one show. And like, but- thank you for the eye candy, but give me, give me one show. If you're, as Allison says, if you're folding laundry or doing chores and not really trying to devote a critical eye or like super energy towards it, both shows are entertaining. But for us, that was not enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Men in Kilts was, was great as a trailer. Mm-hmm. It's mm. a good idea. They just lost their way somewhere about halfway through the season it felt like it and it became more about the remember outlander thing that you said and also a little bit more about sam hewan trying to take the piss out of graham mctavish continually and that's not always fun to watch yeah that the the climbing thing that was that was rough and there was that one moment where you could see that maybe he realized he'd pushed it too far but there was only that one time i mean i will say there there is no universe in which Graham McTavish doesn't say yes to that segment before it happens, right? Like, they couldn't mm-hmm. spring it on him. He would absolutely have to say yes. Mm-hmm. So he said yes. But yes. it was, it they should have cut it. If it was mm-hmm. real, they should have cut it. If it was, was not, they went too far. Yes, very. 
Well, he was he. I am. Uh, I mean, during that one interview at uh, C two E, was it C two E two or Wizard World? Um, on Wizard sta- World. On stage, he said that he was supposed to be a SAS. Like he was actually going to like enroll in like paramilitary parachute. I don't know something that would have involved parachuting. He was in that plane. He was in that tiny little prop plane with him and didn't have a problem. I think it was more that it was rappelling off of a cliff. So it was actually having your feet on ground and then leaving the cliff and looking down. Like there's a little bit of a different experience there, right? And I just think that that really threw him for a loop. But as Allison's right. If he didn't have a problem with it, boy, he sure fooled me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if he he does not have a problem with heights and it was a bit... he it's very a, good. <laughs> he, it's a great performance, but it was too much. Mm-hmm. If it's sincere, then oh, they should have just they should have yeah. just stopped. They should have said, mm-hmm. you know what, this isn't funny. We're worried mm-hmm. you're going to have a heart attack because or I was worried Sam he was going to have a heart attack. Yeah. Why didn't they just make Sam do it? I mean, it? I'm sure Sam did do it, and then but they, they didn't, didn't film include... it or they didn't include it. Maybe it was bore. I don't know. Who knows? These yeah. sounds like these these shows left us with more questions than answers. Really. Yeah, and you know what? I don't have time in my life anymore to devote <laughs> my fucking energy to these questions that I don't give a shit about the answers. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned in the last year, it is fish or cut bait, baby. If I don't care, goodbye. Like, I'm not going to think about that anymore. So with that, I say hello and adieu to Men in Kilts and the wine show. <laughs> Julie, I will, just so one of us is watching, if there is a second season of Men in Kilts, I will Ugh. watch it. And if it is better, I will tell you. Because in theory... They learn something? Charismatic people travel Scotland should be it's like fun. a no-brainer. It should be fun. And it, it was weird because it made it not fun. All of a sudden it wasn't fun for me because it felt like... It was way harder to enjoy the pieces that were fun because right. I was so uncomfortable by the bit. That, mm-hmm. Like I just didn't like the bit. Okay, you're right. You know what? Because we do a podcast about Outlander, I will watch Men in Kilts if that's something that people, fans of Outlander, are into. But I will not pull any punches <laughs> about, just like I don't about Outlander. I don't know. I don't have the same kind of relationship with the source material as so many of the fans do. So three out of five is what I'm saying. We get it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I... Oh, the best review that's gotten so much distance. I um, I fucking love it. I will never not say it. I I just wish it was better. Yeah. I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity. That's not saying, like Julie and I have been saying, great laundry show. It's not unwatchable by any stretch of the imagination. But my advice would be probably just skip all of the suspicion, superstition episode. Um. Unless you want to get really mad about something. Yeah. Unless you want to feed that rage beast within you. Like Go right ahead. Turn it on. If you're doing some sort of, I don't know, medical fraud and you need to have heightened blood pressure before yes. a reading, yes. then boy, have I got the episode of television for you. You watch that. You go get your blood pressure measured. Then you come back and you, and you, and you forget it ever happened. Yeah. As well, well uh, I'm never gonna forget. I'm never gonna forget the witch segment. I'm yeah, I'm pretty. Mm. I'm pretty mad about it. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's really all I got. I mean, yeah. have fun watching it, and I, of course, will watch Men in Kilts because it does have to do with Outlander. But uh, you don't, I don't have you to don't be nice. Have to. I'll watch it. No, I'll, I'll do it. No, here's the thing: we have all kinds of FOTSs who are watching. So it, okay, it, like if we want to cover, 
I'll have somebody I can cover it with. And okay. if it's good, then I'll say, no, Julie, you should give it another go. And it might okay. be. I mean, for all I know, I know that we are not unique in this reaction. Um, based on some things I've seen on social media and some things I've seen in the Slack and some things people have been saying on Twitter or whatever, um, we're not alone in feeling like, that was really a mixed bag. Best case, yeah, mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say... I would probably have enjoyed the wine show more without also watching Men in Hills because it was routinely making me so grumpy. And I do think that there was a little bit something of them reflecting back on each other and kind of really each emphasizing the shortcomings of each other. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of an unsatisfying experience in general. Yeah. At least the wine show dudes, they seem to be sincerely having a good time the whole time. Yeah. Whereas I didn't actually, well, because they were so rarely actually being themselves, I have no idea if Sam and Graham were having a good time. When they dived into the barley, that was a legitimately good time. (laughs) That was amazing. And being on the, um, the rugby pitch. Like in the mm-hmm. bit or whatever fucking game that was, the big stadium. They seem to oh, be yeah, the Highland game one. Yeah. yeah, no, no, not the Highland game one. The um, I think it was rugby. I think it was rugby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, giant right. stadium that mm-hmm. they seem to be like sincerely geeking out, which was sweet. Like that was yeah, really more cute. Of, more of that. More it would be of like the actual. If like, there was a TV show of of Neil and Tom hanging out in the at center court in the Moda Center, like yes, I'd watch the fuck out of it. They would love every second of it, and it would be genuine and real. And then the viewer, in turn, would be more invested in it, as opposed to kept at a distinct remove by these weird Laurel and Hardy shit shenanigans that you guys are pulling right now. So stop it. Yeah, shenanigans. I don't like being in the shakes fist at cloud seat, but I feel a little bit shake fist at cloud. It I just do. It's like they thought it was an, it's like one show thought it was a no brainer and totally missed the mark. And the other show was like, we have a shot to do a show about wine. Let's do every idea any of us has ever had about wine. <laughs> at the same time. At the same time <laughs> and see how that goes. Yeah. And it ended up being too much, which is a real bummer because I honestly think that there's one great show in the wine show and it's Italy. Matthew and Matthew travel the countryside and then occasionally come back drunk and have to play with gadgets. Like, the, yes, sure. Every once in a while they get drunk and they have to play with a stupid gadget. Some of those gadgets were cool. And some of them I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> That's infuriating. A lot of them. It's infuriating just... that people spend money on that. Did you know? Oh. Do you know how long Flint went without clean water? And that is chilling your bottle by rotating it and and spouting ice water over it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally seeing some of those gadgets and how expensive they were did really. It's like Speaking of raise my blood pressure. Yeah. Yes. But like, are we taxing those so we can all have health care? That'd be yeah. nice. No. Yeah. There were some sincerely cool <laughs> ones. I would never pay this much for it, but the, the little like smell. Oh, that one was cool. That I wanted to, I just wanted to play with it immediately. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, I actually thought the little like silicone bendy things for putting wine glasses in the dishwasher. Yeah. That was an interesting one. That I was like, I can see if I routinely used wine glasses that I paid a lot of money for. First of all, I would just hand wash them, so I guess never mind. <laughs> well, here here's an interesting question, and we continue this conversation even though we're not really talking about the show anymore. So one thing that they talked about was the shape of a wine glass, which, of course, most people who've had any experience with wine know that red wine glasses are shaped differently, the white wine glasses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, because I am an inveterate glass breaker, I decided long ago that there would be no stems in my house. Mm. So wine bowls only. And mm-hmm. I do have 
ones that are a little bit wider and fatter for red wine and ones that are a little bit narrower with a smaller opening for white wine. But the whole thing about you have to, you got to use the stem because otherwise you're changing the temperature of the wine. I really thought about that. And it is interesting, especially since I drink so much white wine, which does benefit usually from being a little bit cooler. And if you have your hand on the wine bowl, it warms up faster. I mean, that made me think it's not going to make me get stems. Can you get can you get ones with like little stems so you can hold like the base? So you're like not... a brandy snifter? Yeah, like a baby snifter. <laughs> no. What if I just start drinking wine out of a brandy snifter like a James Bond villain? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I think um I think that you're probably fine, Julie, because for the most part when y'all are drinking wine, you're seated. Yeah. So you're actually not holding your wine glass all that often. You're right, you're right. I'm not walking around with it. Yeah. But I mean, I have understood that. Um, and that's by when I first bought wine glasses, I was like, well, I need stemmed wine. I was like 22. It's like, I need stemmed wine glasses. Obviously, I can't raise the, raise the temperature of the red wine. And then I would just like, like drink it. I mean, not White Claw because it didn't exist yet, but shit like that out of my stupid wine glasses. Because who the fuck needs those when you're 22? I and a moron. <laughs> I have, a, I have these fancy crystal glasses, the uh, uh, stem glasses that was given to me by some friends. And I used to drink wine out of them. Now I don't drink wine, but I'm never going to get rid of them because um, my bath caddy has a place for them. <gasps> because it, is it a hanger? Like it's, you put it in and it hangs? Yeah, and like, it, like it, so it doesn't fall over in case you nudge it or something. Mm -hmm. So I will always have stemmed glassware for my baths. You're a fancy lad, Janine. Fancy, fancy fucking lad. Just a fancy little fucker. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, um, in my, uh, sadly, in my I can actually drink beer days, um, I was a huge supporter of the shower beer. I fucking love a shower beer. Mm -hmm. And they make those things to mount on the wall in your shower mm -hmm. where some it's like shaped for a beer bottle and some they have some for a wine glass. But the problem with that is you should under no circumstances hang something glass off the wall in a, in a, in a, with a suction cup? area yeah. <laughs> where your bare where your feet, feet are. are bare. Exactly. Yeah. So never mind. <laughs> no. This is a diehard situation and I'm yeah. not into it. Although well, I that... will say you can always just put a beer bottle in your like shower in your caddy, caddy hanging. Yeah. Thing. That's... Uh, I was mostly doing cans though. Cans of beer. Yeah. Yeah. Cans of beer. Well, you know, um, I That's... am glad I didn't watch these shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm ending on this whole review. Although you know what, Janine? For you specifically, here's how I would recommend. Like, for other people, I think we've already said wine show and with for laundry and and wine and mm -hmm. just stop it whenever you want. Don't feel like you have to watch the whole episode. I promise you, no matter how many episodes you watch, every time when they finish the segment in Italy where they put the bottle in the wine caddy, every time you will think the episode is over. And every <laughs> and <it should> time, <laughs> and every time it will not be, there will be a whole other segment. Yeah. Just so you're aware. Um, in fact, maybe just don't even watch those segments. So <laughs> just stop after the wine caddy. Um, for Men in Kilts, uh, for most people, I would say skip the superstition episode. Um, and if you start to get annoyed, just turn it off mm -hmm. or like walk away and don't pay attention and go back to folding your laundry or whatever. Janine, for you specifically, you should watch both of them uh, the way that other people use screensavers, put them on on mute and just have them in the background when you're like doing whatever it is that you do in your talk show home. And <laughs> so you can just like see all the beautiful landscapes and you'll just be like, that's nice. And then you'll go back to, you know, and space. See, and then I'll see Sam Hewen come across my screensavers. Like, you messed up the screensaver, Sam. Pause. Pause. <laughs> You're Fast killing forward. the shot. 
Well, I think that's going to do it for us, friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, next week, ah, next week we're going back to Pride and Prejudice, um, the world of Pride and Prejudice, uh, with the first of our episodes on Bride and Prejudice. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm really excited. Um, that's one that uh, a lot of you have been asking for and that we have been eagerly looking forward to, so I'm stoked uh, about that one. Um and then we've got some other things in the hopper, but I'm super excited to get back to to the old pee-pee. Yeah. Yeah, man, I've, I've missed some pee-pee. I miss the pee-pee. Yeah. yeah. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll be we'll be nearing the end of the obvious choices. So then we got to yeah. talk about... There, there, are, there are some. I might dally. I might say, let's watch the Dutch one. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in like eight parts on YouTube, so maybe <sighs> not. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. We'll see. Uh so we may or may not be moving on to a new a new book. I would mm-hmm. like to move on to a new book because I I realize trying to read Emma that I rely on the process of this experience. Oh, the actual recording and talking yeah. about it. And like mm-hmm. this is my book club. This is how I mm-hmm. how I comprehend process. these things. A lot. Mm-hmm. And Emma's hard, Emma's a hard one for me to get through and I'm I need to re- restart it. So I'm I look forward to moving on to a new book. So oh, I can God. new content. I think then maybe you actually just decided for us. Emma, oh, let's Emma? do it. Yeah, I was thinking okay. that we would do Sense and Sensibility, but no, I feel like Emma. Emma's cool. next. Hey, I'm Well, Emma, I, does Emma have... Okay, so Pride and Prejudice obviously has the most adaptations of yeah. all of Jane Austen's works. So we may not watch all of the adaptations, but we will watch many, and it will be more episodes for Pride and Prejudice than it will be for any of the other novels. Emma, do you think Emma has more adaptations or Sense and Sensibility? Which one do you think has more adaptations? Hmm. You know, I bet it's Emma. I bet it's Emma. Mm. Mm-hmm. I bet it's Emma. But in both cases, it's going to be shorter. The great thing is, yes. uh, we're actually never going to run out of material because, f- for example, there are two different films of Persuasion in production right now. Yep. Um, oh wow. Two. There are two. One has Dakota Johnson in it, and one has Sarah Snook from Succession. Um, and. They're both going to be very good. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I have cool. no doubt. They're, although, Dakota Johnson is probably, I don't know, t- t- just too American. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but Emma's going to be next. That's going to be fun. There are some I, really okay. good adaptations of Emma. I can't wait. I want to save all of you before I read the list. You do not have to tweet this to me. I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud. Yes, of course, we're going to watch Clueless. No, you don't have to say, are you guys going to do Clueless because it's an adaptation of Emma? Of course, we're going to do fucking Clueless. (laughs) Bam! (laughs) That's Judge Judy (laughs) slamming down the gavel. I I love you guys. I, I... I love you. I just, and I get, please continue to tell me adaptations of things that you think are not on my radar. Everybody who asked us about Bride and Prejudice, no shade that if that had been something that we were missing, I would desperately have wanted to know. For example, friend of the show, Kate Kolsick was like, hey, did you know there's also a Bollywood adaptation of Sense and Sensibility? And I did not. And I was very glad to know that, right? Please. Please tell me. <laughs> However, nobody needs to say like in, did you know that a version of Emma came out in 2020? Um, yes, I did. I did know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you don't have to tell me about the obvious ones. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I know that Clueless is an adaptation of Emma. Did you know this movie came out in the 90s? Uh, it's about a, 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 this girl, she's, a, she's in Beverly Hills. 
And uh... <laughs> she's a virgin and she can't even drive. <laughs> it would it would be like it would be like if we were like we're gonna do a series all about the various princes of Bel Air, and someone's like, did you know that Will Smith was on a show called The Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Are you guys going to include that one? Did it's you... like that. Did you know that uh, Paul Rudd is uh, is a vampire? He doesn't age. And you know what show shows that? Clueless. We should watch yeah. Clueless. <laughs> we will. Don't worry about it. I love this. Why would we watch Clueless? Oh, did you not know? It's an adaptation <laughs> of Emma by Jane Austen. We are super shady right now. No, yeah, we're being kind of dicks. <laughs> we are kind of being dicks, but also please Jeez. understand, people who listen, that we already know these things because we are living in this realm and are doing a lot of reading of Jane Austen and understanding other adaptations because like we, we are we living it. We want to share with you. We want to really be like this is a master class in Austen. No, it is absolutely not. No, no, no. No, 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 no. it is not. No. no? Uh, too no. opinion based. Too opinion based. No. Oh. Um uh, like I may be a card carrying member of the Jane Austen Society of North America. Pulls but... it off of a shelf that's right next to her computer. Well, that's in so <laughs> fucking tight. It's in my mail file. Um <laughs> Uh, but this is not a masterclass in Jane Austen. It oh, okay. is a masterclass in turning the drunk conversations you have at a bar into a long-running podcast. That's the only thing it's a masterclass in. I might say it's, while not sure. a masterclass, definitely a education, at least for me, in adaptation and adaptive choices from the original source material. Sure, sure. yeah. So that part, to me, is kind of, educational and maybe a little bit academic. So we do have that. There's but- a, there's also, it is also 100% a reliable educational resource on how to convince your male friends that it's in their best interest to have tampons in their bathrooms. Yes. That you know, for sure. It's, uh, they're still there. <laughs> Combo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do it for us for this week. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can find us on Patreon where you can support the show, get access to bonus episodes, our weekly lunch breaks, our crowdcasts. As an example, we will, well, you'll already have missed it. But for the next one, uh, we will be watching Bride and Prejudice with our pals. So you can watch that with us. Um, and that's at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Uh, you'll be hearing this way after Mother's Day, but first of all, happy Mother's Day to all of our patrons who are moms, who fill any sort of motherly function, people who have moms, people who have complicated feelings about moms, all of you, hi. Um, yeah. We want to thank Just all of our, you know, the only reason, rip. yeah, m- moms, thumbs up. Um, the only reason that I bring this up is that this morning I texted Jen Moniz and said, Hey Jen, please tell your mom that Julie and Allison say happy mother's day. And she did. It was very sweet. And she responded and said, that's so sweet. So hi mom. Um, Mm -hmm. We want to thank all of our patrons, moms and non moms, uh, but especially the following wonderful folks. (coughs) Catspaw156, Maddie Perkins, Snazzinac, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kep, Medicine Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tekas, and Kristen. Freckled Fury, Laura Calm, Amelia Bazell, Liz and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Claire Feeney, Kayla Reagan, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smith, Heather Robbins, Jerry Hurdle, Brittany Holbert, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue. 
Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCrary, Dr. J, Jen Leonard, Drunkly, Kelly Bond, Amanda Newton, and Kiki. The, the Wise. wise. Uh, we want to thank you all so much for your support and thank you for listening and for not blowing up our shit because we didn't like men and kills. <laughs> Please don't. Y'all, I'm so glad if you liked it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>